The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. SeaDeck features non-absorbent closed-cell PE EVA blended foam that delivers the perfect combination of comfort, safety, and style. For more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. Your boat deserves SeaDeck. And now, it's showtime. the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast, with the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode 132 of the Golden Mike Podcast. As always, I am the Noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, this time recording from my fortress of solitude in the Antarctic, a.k.a. Chicagoland, in December. Christmas is right around the corner, and I can't wait for you all to see what I got you. You want a little hint? Well, it's your bi-monthly dose of audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Active Water Sports. They have over 35 years of water sports industry experience selling everything from skis and wakeboards to boats. Active is dedicated to helping you make the best buying decisions possible to help fit your lifestyle and your budget. If you love to have fun, or even if you kind of like to have fun, head over to www.activewake.com to browse their massive selection. While you're there, check out their recently launched in-house line of locally made hand-shaped wake surfboards called Volume Wake Surf. If you're interested in seeing more about the brand, I highly recommend you check out their YouTube channel, Active Water Sports. They have some really good video content up there. Check them out, Active Water Sports. They take your fun seriously. Hey everyone, we have a very special episode for you guys today. Christmas is around the corner and I can't think of a better gift to all my listeners than a proper one-on-one interview with the legendary wakeboarding master of the West Coast style, Randall the Vandal Harris. Now, real Golden Mike podcast fans know that I had Randall the Vandal on for a brief interview back in episode 107 when he was inducted into the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame just last year, but that just wasn't enough. You deserve a full episode, and here it is. But before we get into all that, you guys know I try to provide you with quality content on a bi-weekly-ish basis and ask for nothing in return. But if you ever wanted to give something back, you could always help this podcast gain exposure. Please listen to and share the Golden Mike podcast, of course, available on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, almost anywhere, you can even leave a five-star review if you wanted. I mean, it really couldn't hurt. 
You can also listen to all the episodes as well on my website at noiseofthenorth.com on the World Wide Web. Please follow the Golden Mike Podcast on Facebook and follow me personally on Instagram at Dano T. Mano. On Twitter, I have an account. It's at the golden underscore Mike. And if I post something you guys like, please feel free to share it with all your friends. So the more exposure we get for the show, the more exposure we get for the sport. So let's keep building this thing together. Also, for all of you guys keeping score at home, we're still doing a contest where you have a chance to win Dylan Miller's new polarized sunglasses from Harbor Eyewear. To enter for your chance to win these awesome shades, all we asked was for you to email me at goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com and just ask me a question, like any question. Well, I received a good handful of questions, and I picked a winner, guys. Congrats to Corey Arrington. Corey, please reach out to me via email or Instagram or Facebook, and I'll get those shades right out to you as soon as I possibly can. And uh, for all of you guys who want to hear those questions, I'm going to save those for a later episode, but get ready. There are some really, really good ones. All right, I've made you guys wait long enough. It's time to get into the reason all of you are listening today is the Vandal. I recorded our interview with Randall during the 33rd Active Water Sports Evening with the Stars, along with a few other athletes. Hopefully you guys had a chance to listen to that last episode. And of course, the next episode coming out is going to be uh, with Thomas Harrell, who I recorded with on my way to Active Water Sports for Evening with the Stars. And then the following episode is going to be with Mr. Reliable Ronix team rider, Mr. Jake Pilat. Anyways, guys, we recorded this interview at the Active Water Sports Pro Shop right before the event Evening with the Stars started. So you'll probably be able to hear some people arriving in the background. And for more context, none of them had really any clue that Randall would be there. It was a big surprise to all of the uh, customers and folks who were there for the evening. There was a lot of excitement from all of us, my friends. I have to say this is one of the most anticipated interviews I think I've ever done, and for a good reason. I mean, what can I say about this guy? I'm talking about one of the all-time greats, Wakeboarding Hall of Famer, Pioneer, Superstar, Wakeboarding Magazine, Legend Award winner, a revolutionary. His video parts are timeless. His photos are artwork. His boards are a miracle of engineering. His graphics, iconic. His attitude was in your face. He is what makes this sport so great. Oh man, I can't wait any longer. Let's get into it, folks. Oh yeah, it's the Vandal, Randall Harris, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. All right, all right. Well, here he is, the moment so many of you have been waiting for. The Vandal, Randall Harris, is finally here for a proper full episode of the Golden Mike podcast. Welcome, Randall. What's up, man? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. It's been about a year since since you and I caught up. Um, you know, two years ago, you were honored as a legend by Wakeboarding Magazine at the Wake Awards. And then, you know, uh, a year ago, it was the Wakeboarding Hall of Fame. They announced that, that you'd be inducted you know it was cool to get an opportunity to chat with you uh, at hall of fame a little bit but here we are 
uh, a year out and you've had the time to reflect. You were honored, you know, uh, when, you were, when you were honored as a legend, you weren't able to make it to Orlando for the Surf Expo, but last year you had the chance, after being, um, uh, you know, uh, inducted into Hall of Fame, you had the chance to be recognized by all of your peers at the Wake Awards in front of the thousands of people as a legend. As it sits in now, it's all settled up, bro. Where are you at? How does it feel? Ah, oh, man. I mean, that whole that whole trip and that experience was like, it was pretty wild because, you know, when I stopped wakeboarding, I've just been, I've been like working construction and just kind of like, you know, bottom of the totem pole starting from ground zero. And, uh, you know, the gopher, like the dude that everybody just like doesn't, you know, I do all the grunt work and everything. So like to like snap out of that and go back into the wake world for a couple of days when I went to to Orlando for the Hall of Fame and the Legend Award thing, it was really just kind of like mind blowing, you know. And uh, I, I it was it was definitely one of the the highlights of my career for sure. Um, I mean, the vibe I was getting from you last year was was you were just so thankful to be there and so so appreciative, and it almost looked to me like it was like therapeutic for you to yeah be there. yeah it truly was you know because it was a battle a lot of times in my career kind of taking the path that I took wasn't necessarily the most uh wasn't the standard route you know so in the end to get appreciated for all of it and get acknowledged and the, the accolades was uh it was pretty fulfilling you know I didn't do it for any awards or hall of fame or anything like that but but at the end, you know, it was really dope to be recognized for that stuff. So well, Absolutely, and it was well-deserved and a long time coming, man. Thank you. Um, you know, you, you'd mentioned there that you've been, been doing uh, the construction stuff and kind of climbing the ladder there. Uh, talk, talk a little bit about what that's been like for you. Um, I mean, for me, you know, it's not like the first time I had to step away from wake industry for a while. Um but when I do, it feels good. It feels good to do something else for a while, you know? Uh, and, uh, but it's hard, you know, at 30, you know, when I started doing it, it was 35, 36, 37, starting, you know, a new trade, like not knowing really anything about it. So it's humbling, very humbling, you know? And what, what does, what got you into it? Like, how did you decide that? that honestly, was necessity, man. Like I, there's being a professional wakeboard athlete for 25 plus years doesn't really set you up for too many job you know job opportunities you know so it's kind of like well I gotta start doing something start from the bottom and just see where I can go with it and uh yeah it's been it's been tough but humbling and I, and I like hard work you know I really like hard work and challenging myself so it's been all right well hey I, I want to go back and, and I want to talk about the beginning days um, of you and, and in the sport and growing up in the sport you know you're one of the guys who um, you know you, you you joined the ranks as a, a, a super super young rider I want to find out how you were introduced into wakeboarding and even before wakeboarding uh, what were you doing were you out there were you riding on the boat were you living that lake life uh no no I it was uh I was all about skateboarding you know I moved to California to Huntington Beach when I was like five years old and just immediately started skateboarding and I was skating a lot and I was at the point to where I was like making a tape trying to get sponsored and, and kind of go down that go down that route but um my parents took me to Canyon Lake where they uh they used to go they used to ski there when they were young 
And uh, they, we just ended up getting a spot out there and going out on the weekends. And the sport was so young. And I had also a gymnastics background. So, like, when I put that and skateboarding and, and took it to wakeboarding, it really was just a good foundation to where I could just uh, start excelling pretty fast. How quickly did you start transitioning into wakeboarding, if you recall? And, and did skateboarding kind of take a, a backseat to it all? Yeah, skateboarding, you know, I was actually in gymnastics when I started wakeboarding too, so I quit gymnastics. I uh, I always skated, but but stopped pursuing it as like a, you know, a career path or anything like that. And uh, just wakeboarding took over because there was really a handful of people even knew what wakeboarding was in Southern California at the time. So it was, it was, I mean, I, won't, I don't know about easy because there's really no role models out there. There just wasn't too many people to show me how to ride, you know? So all I did was watch Gravity Sucks and Spray and hit it and all the wake videos. And, well, I mean, uh, even at that time, there was wakeboarding, like, on TV, too. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I mostly just, I literally watched, like, Gravity Sucks, like, every single day and Spray every single day and hit it every single day. And, and that's how I learned. I just watched those guys. Talk a little bit about those early days and getting into the competitions. Yeah, you know, the competition thing was funny. When I first started getting a couple sponsors, I think, you know, O'Brien was like my first board sponsor. And they said they wanted me to fly out and do uh, to the Nationals to compete in Texas. And I was like, compete? I was like, I don't want to compete. I'm here to like make video sections. That's like, that's what I want to do. I just want to ride, get dope shots and do that stuff. And I didn't even realize that I was going to have to do competitions, you know, because that's never in part of my mind frame as a street skater and stuff. Um, so I don't know. I got thrown into that, and that was, like, really – it was pretty eye-opening. Um, of course, Parks was there. Like, it was just me and him pretty much right out the gate, and he was killing it. You know, he's been skiing since he was six years old. How did so. you How did you do in, in – con- you know, because – as an announcer, I only got to announce you in events, you know, a, a small handful of times. And when you came out, I considered what you were doing a demonstration. You were riding a rope, you know, you know, 20, 30 feet longer than everybody else. So where everybody else is getting six, seven tricks, you were getting two or three tricks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you made them count, yeah. of course, but it's hard with the judging style for you to advance into the next round when you're literally there to basically do a demo. Yeah, and that's the only way I could look at it. I was never willing to compromise my style uh, to change up the way I ride. Um, was it always just, like that, though, even in the early days? like, I mean, in the very beginning, you know, I tried to, like, maybe do it a little bit. Like, all right, what are you supposed to do five tricks up and back, and you're supposed to go out and practice those same five tricks in a row each time you ride. But, I mean, it, it never felt right to me. It wasn't my thing, and, and I did a little bit and just did whatever in contests, you know. But, but yeah, for the most part, it just got to the point where I was like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do my thing. I don't expect to win, but I'm just going to do me, and people can love it or leave it. I, I wanted to talk about... Uh, the transition from uh, from and again this is like kind of from my point of view from like Randy Harris to Randall the Vandal and and I feel like it start it was starting uh, pre natural born thrillers and that's like obviously one of the the all time videos but um, I, I think that movie is really what exposed everybody to the that new version of you um, would would you agree or would you say that, that that was the movie that you used to kind of display this, this new style, this this kind of reinvented version? Yeah, yeah. That was uh, 
You know what? I begin began wakeboarding. I kind of always had a picture in my head of what it was supposed to look like, but you know, it takes years to get to that comfort level and familiarity with the board, riding a board. And uh, so what happened is like when I was about 18, I went through some like pretty, pretty heavy traumatic in my life, and uh, pretty much was over it. You know, wakeboarding, but. Eventually, you know, Ron Seidenglantz hit me up and kind of motivated me to, to get back on and start doing it. I wanted to shoot uh, Natural Born Thrillers. We ended up calling it Natural Born Thrillers. Eventually, in the beginning, we were just making a movie. But we traveled all over, and it was the first time, I, as far as I know, in wakeboarding that somebody made a list of tricks that they wanted to accomplish and, and make in this video section, you know, and really just started chipping at it, you know, and it was a good year and a half of working on that video, traveling to all kinds of different countries, and and I guess where I did start coming into my own style, you know, and, and that's definitely one of the most, one of the things I'm most proud about in my career, you know. Yeah, it was, uh, that's a special time for sure. I recall uh, a board you did with O'Brien, and this is one of the first boards that really stuck out in my mind that went from being just like a board with a graphic to like, hey, like we're, we're putting this dude's personality into a wakeboard. And I feel like O'Brien definitely took a, took a huge risk with that. Uh, you know, I'm sure you know graphic. I'm talking about the half red, half blue. Yep. It had yep. your tats on it. Um, talk a little bit about that if you could and, and maybe um, how like I can just imagine you know O'Brien is a great brand they've been around for you know nearly six decades here um, super family oriented and obviously right. dude, listen I know so many families that that adore you and look up to you and whatnot but again I mean it was definitely um, a, 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 a graphic that was a little bit of a risk, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. And I, I'm actually looking back really surprised I got to pull that off with O'Brien. I mean, I had done some cool, some cool graphics when I was with Thruster, but then uh, when I was with O'Brien, we did that one where, yeah, I'm like standing, holding my hands up, and it was kind of like uh, the scales of justice with the heart on one and money on the other. And, uh, you know, obviously the the side with the heart was heavier, but uh, and then but what's kind of crazy is I had my uh, a cross on my back, which I have tattooed on there, obviously, and they uh, that was in the original graphic, but then they ended up taking that off because I don't they didn't want to promote any sort of religious stuff or anything, and that kind of pissed me off a little bit, <laughs> but it's all under water I mean, under know, the bridge. Like, obviously, in this day and age, it's a fine line to cross, you know, and. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. And, and obviously in this sport, people are always trying to do their best, to, I, I feel like, to stay in that neutral. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, but you've always, it's not, I don't feel like you've been a guy who's loud with your mouth. I feel like right. you always are making a statement with your board graphics and with your riding in general. Exactly, yeah. I've always tried to, from a very young age, let my actions speak for me, you know, instead of, and because it's it's so much more powerful when other people are talking about you and other people always, you know, have your name in their mouth as opposed to, like, somebody that's sitting there bragging about themselves all the time. So, so yeah, I just tried to let my writing speak for me. And when it came to board graphics, I looked at it very much like a tattoo. Like, I wanted every every board graphic to mean something, to say something, to represent me and what I believed in, you know, and what I thought looked cool. 
you you've always been one to not shy away from your faith and um you know and i feel like that's always been a part of your riding as well and it's it's always been something that's kind of helped get you back into it can you talk on that a little bit yeah um you know like kind of going back to what i was saying about how i the reason i brought this up was going through some stuff that was really traumatic for me and and really changed me and my personality forever in like when I was 18, 19 years old. Um, I think that in my experience, greatness comes from pain, you know? And I think when I made that natural born thrillist section was really just, just battling my demons and coming out of this painful experience. And, uh, I think it really fueled the fire to make, some of my greatest work ever and uh but after that you know like life has its you know just has its ups and downs man and it I always had this feeling of emptiness and meaningless uh at least at some point so when I basically came to Christ like it just completely saved my life at the time I, uh, there's nothing like being able to just give up all control to somebody else, you know, to Jesus Christ. I mean, that's, when once you do that, you don't have any worries, you know? You're like, everything's in his hands. I don't got to worry about anything. I just got to move my feet and do what I want to do and hopefully walk, walk the walk Lord wants me to do. But, you know, then after that, there's been times where I've definitely fallen flat on my face, you know, and, and, uh, it's a hard thing to, to, I guess, nobody can be the perfect Christian forever, you yeah. know? Understandable, man. Well, you know, and, 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 you know, talking about that, and I feel like, like, looking at your riding, you always have that extra bit of risk, and, and maybe that's, like, where, like, you're always, maybe, like, you're putting that into somebody else's hands, but, you know, going fast and riding long lines, they become a signature of yours, um, and, and nobody, I even believe to this day, does it the way that you did and the way that you do. And I uh, hope one day the, the way that you, you will do, you know, even yeah, more. Sure. Um, but, but talk about um, that aggressive style and, and when that started and how that all came about. Um, again, I think a lot of the pain that I've been dealing with, that I was dealing with internally really added to that, you know, wanting to just, just put my everything into like every trick I did, you know, like put all my energy into every single trick to just go as hard as I could and as big as I could. Um, I think that was just me fighting my demons, you know, and, and at the same time, it was what was fun, you know, like the reason you lengthen the rope is because you can actually float in the air longer. So it's like the tricks feel slower. You know, even though I was speeding up the boat, you're in the air longer. I just love the feeling of flying through the air, grabbing the board as long as you can, doing slow, dope tricks. And, uh, I mean, that's that's what I was all about. It was fun. How, you did, you how did you discover that? Because, I mean, yeah, people were starting to ride a little bit longer, but, I mean, maybe, you know, your 75, your 80-foot line lengths, and... I mean, but in the early days, I mean, you were still 15 to 25 feet longer than everybody else. How did how, how did you realize, hey, man, I'm going to do, like, 
this this is a thing. Yeah, I mean, it was never a plan of mine. Like, oh, I'm gonna be like have the longest line and ride the fastest. But like, as the boats progressed and the wakes got bigger, and you could actually push, you know, push the rope back further, and uh, the wakes were still good back there. I just kind of kept going, moving back with them because, like I said, it was just funner. The longer the rope. The longer you're flying through the air and the funner it is, and I think the doper stuff looks. So, I mean, it, that's just kind of how it progressed, little by little. You know, every year it was kind of moving up five feet or whatever, and, and it was just, you know, fun. It's no doubt that you're an innovator of style on the water and off the water. Um, you know, you've innovated as well, and you've been credited with the with what we know as the vandal handle, um, little extra <laughs> grab handle on the uh, on the rope. And yeah. what's so interesting about that was I I recall when I first um, you know started getting into wakeboarding, you know, in the early mid '90s. You know, maybe they people guys would use. Um, you know, braided, big, fat, braided handles, but they're yeah. kind of like Trixky handles. Yeah, yeah. Where did the idea for the van... Well, tell, tell everybody what the... For those who don't know, but what the vandal handle is and, and where you came up with that. Yeah, I mean, the, well, because it, the vandal handle is basically just a regular wakeboard handle with, you know, two and a half feet down the rope. There's another little mini handle. And uh, so, yeah, initially when I started getting into wakeboarding, they did, they had the the braided like ropes and that's how that people would wrap up um but that you couldn't really you couldn't you didn't get the power you wanted to out of holding on to something like that or even like the little ball on there or whatever so i just really wanted to do something that i could wrap up and still edge as hard as possible all the way to the wake you know and just hit it super hard because you have two solid handles but obviously wrap up and use a second handle so that you can grab the board longer and spin out of it and not have to worry about passing the handle and just try and make it look sicker when you when you're like full-on what would it what was a normal set for you like how long would you be out there oh man when i was really riding i would I mean standard hour hour and a half it especially if we were shooting like i would ride for you know anywhere from like 45 minutes on the short side to you know two hours two and a half three hours i mean if we were shooting and the light was good and everything was on point we'll just ride man until i couldn't ride anymore i know on record you've said you've said in times you know that there's been times where wakeboarding's taking you down some dark places but it's also like like um you know brought you up but when you're out there riding behind the boat what's going through your mind um gleaming the cube you know i'm just out there like I, I always say, you know, fighting my demons, you know, it's like, at this, it's fun, I'm doing my job, but at the same time I'm out there, man, I, I have to burn a certain amount of energy and I have to get out a certain amount of like angst every day to be able to sleep and to be able to peace and be at peace and not have anxiety and stuff. So, yeah. I want to talk about a few names, and we've already brought them up a little bit here, but I want to talk about, uh, I want to start with Parks Bonifay. You know, you guys were the two um, young up-and-coming guys. You know, you were the West Coast guy. He was the East Coast guy. You, you guys were kids, but you were being seen on ESPN. You guys were in the magazines. Um, you guys were, you started your career on a wakeboard together, and you guys were both inducted into the Hall of Fame together. Uh, talk about what that was all about. Uh, being inducted into the Hall of Fame together after 
after everything, you know, it was like such a special moment to be able to do that with with Parks. Uh, I mean, because when I first started wakeboarding, like I said, that first, the very first nationals I went to was, you know, me and him basically, and in uh, the boys division, and we just became friends from that day on. You know, we were good friends. We would call each other all the time when he was in Florida and I was in Cali, and I would go visit him, and he would come visit me, and and although we were kind of definitely two different unique riders almost two different sides of the industry we were always really good friends and i have so much respect for that dude um i got a lot of love for him you know and he's always been a really good dude to me and uh yeah mad respect for him and his whole family and it was so awesome to be able to get that hall of fame award with them were you guys were you guys ever rivals at riding, or were, were, did you always know that your focus was more on the free ride stuff? Yeah, it was more of a contest. See, I've all, I'm the type of person like I'm not competitive. I'm more of an artist, and I've said that a million times. But it's because like, legitimately, I had my goals was to like do videos and magazine stuff and progress the sport and make it look dope and. And so I never felt like we'd do the competitions and Parks would always win, you know. And I, but I was never bitter or envious or jealous. It was kind of like, because I knew I was trying to do my thing and it was different than, than what he was doing at the time. So, yeah, I mean, it was kind of like I had my lane, he had his, and we were both cool with it. Hey, y'all, let's take a quick break and let's talk about Wake Responsibly. Getting big air is cool, but you know what's even cooler? That's right, respecting the water and your surroundings. Playing your music at a reasonable volume and hour, and while you're at it, staying 200 feet away from shorelines, docks, and other boaters. Minimizing repetitive passes on any one portion of shoreline are all things you can do to help keep our sport alive and well. Go to wakeresponsibly.com, take the compliance exam, Ace it and get a free WSIA compliancy sticker. Once you get your sticker, put it right there on the side of your windshield of your boat and encourage others to do the same. The questions are pretty common sense and based a lot on just being respectful. If everyone on the water would just wake responsibly, our sport would be around forever. Now let's get back to the Vandal, Randall Harris, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. I want to talk about Gator, uh, Eric Luker, um, of course, Gator Boards. Gator, one of the all-time greats in our sport, of course, influencers, pioneers. Um, you know, Gator's been through his struggles, his hurdles, his demons, and, um, you know, you, you again, you've never hidden... Um, what's been going on in your life to, to your fans you really haven't you went a little over two years I believe it was without riding um in the early mid 2000s um and then the gator brand gator board brand came out gator came back and all of a sudden he had this insane team he was putting together and boom there you are uh Randall Harris is, is back I want you to talk about um what brought you back then um <clears throat> and gator's influence you well you know gator had gator boards uh prior to when i quit uh wakeboarding in 2002 or three i don't know but uh and i was actually on tour with the gator boards bus um and you know gator that's my dog like i looked up to him so much and then we we have so much in common and we just hit it off like really really good friends i would always stay with him in florida um 
really cherish that dude's friendship you know and uh but so we were on tour and, and uh we were both partying a lot i actually got arrested three weekends in a row at three different events and uh i was up so bad that they kicked me off the gator boards tour bus you know and that was like a motley crew so if you're getting booted out of there you're you're doing something wrong <laughs> so but anyway so that's when i quit you know and and and, and quit wakeboarding for two years and got sober that day that I did quit and then uh hit two two and a half about two and a half years later um I hit up Gator you know like because I guess uh now he had gone through his things and he straightened out too and he was all about God and I had just recently accepted Jesus into my life and I was like yo man I really think I want to wakeboard again and and Gator just had complete faith in me. He put me back on, you know, immediately put me on the team, gave me the pro model, put me on tour, money in my bank, you know, and, and just took care of me 100%. And, like, I'll forever have so much love for that dude. And, and, and one of the biggest, maybe only regret in my life, or in my career, not my life, but in my career as a wakeboarder is when I decided to stop riding for gator boards uh, to try and do my own thing um, with company wakeboards because, you know, gator truly brought me, like, all my success when I came back with transgression and everything that happened after that, rider of the year, video sections of the year, all that stuff was because <clears throat> gator believed in me and he put me back on, you know, and uh, and same with Ron Seidenglance, you know, both those dudes, so... So yeah, that was like one of my probably one of my only regrets in my career was 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 leaving Gator Boards. I felt like it was time for me to try and do my own thing, you know, as a man, start my own business and, right. and do my own thing. But but looking back, you know, I probably would have been better off just staying with Gator, you know. You you you've made your mark, dude. No matter what, and obviously no one can turn back time, and you got to do what's right for you at the moment. Yeah. You, you brought up transgression. You brought up Ron Siding Lens, and that's who I want to talk about. And what I want to talk about next, um, the movie created one of your most memorable parts. Um, but watching it, I know that that couldn't have been easy to to put yourself out there the way that you did. Um, how how was Ron able to bring that out of you? Well, so the day I quit wakeboarding, I had one of those, uh, what's it called? The alcohol, uh, alcoholic moment of clarity, right? So from that day, I just realized I don't have to wakeboard and I don't have to do drugs and drink and I can get sober. And then shortly after that, Ron actually introduced me to a church down in Huntington Beach where I lived. So I started going to church, and that just completely changed my life, you know, and uh, I was living for God. Um, and so when I started talking to Gator, and he had started living for God as well, and Ron was heavily involved in his church, uh, our whole, the whole drive behind transgression felt like we were trying to do God's work, you know. We were really trying to minister everywhere we went and just spread God's love and everything, so... I honestly, at that point in my life, felt so good because, like, I had felt so before, you know, because I, I grew up with a lot of depression and, and anger and stuff. And when I came to Christ and I got sober, uh, just my life just got a hundred times better and everything felt good. So, like, Ron didn't necessarily have to pull anything out of me. I just, it was comfortable enough to talk to him about what was going on. And, and that was, like, I was 
so excited to share with the world and hopefully influence other people to kind of, you know, whatever. Check out, check out Jesus, see if it's for you, or be sober, see if it's for you, because it drastically changed my life, and I'm so happy. I just wanted to share it with the world. Well, and I think one thing that I appreciate, and I think a lot of people appreciate, is that you are open with with who you are and what you believe, and you always have been. But I've never heard of you pushing your views onto anybody. No, because you can't, you know. And I know as a drug addict and an alcoholic, nobody could ever come up and tell me something and push their views on me. Like, it will not be received. And and that goes for anything, for people that, you know, aren't Christian or any type of religion, whatever. You can't go pushing your religion on people. It won't be received. You know, people put up a, a shield, a defense mechanism like it just the only way i think to get it across to people that's effective is to lead by example and that's what i tried to do be the best man you can be man yeah that's it well dude you you've been inspiring people for a long time and and you still are um you you inspired a wake skater to join the gator team a long time ago a guy by the name of matt manzari uh miracle matt manzari miracle matt um matt was a wake skater but you were his inspiration. You were a guy he followed, and you were the reason why he joined the team. Um, what was it like? Because I feel like there was a time when you, you took – because Matt, Matt is obviously a man of faith as well, and he's very yeah. open about that and, yeah. and where he is with that. But in his early career, you know, he may have been getting steered in maybe not quite the direction he went into. Yeah, uh, Matt is, man, just another dude that has such a special place in my heart. Dude, I got so much love for that kid. He's so amazing. I mean, this was before all the crazy stuff that happened to him before he came Miracle Matt. He just, it was such an amazing kid, you know. He he really inspired me just daily on a, on a personal basis. And, uh, yeah, we really, we connected really quick, man, and just, like, I love riding with him, the enthusiasm, and, and how, of course, he's just amazing and talented, it's ridiculous. Do you guys still stay connected? And, uh, honestly, I'm the worst at, like, long distance, like, I'm like, when I see you, I love you just as much as the last time I saw you, even if it's been five years, you know what I mean, and he knows that, he knows how I am, and, uh, we connect every now and then, you know, but, uh, but yeah, that was that was a special time for sure. Being able to hang out with Matt and uh, his family is a beautiful family, man. His his parents and his brother, everybody's super sweet, and they're just so hospitable. And I mean, they're just, they're just blessed to know Matt and his whole family. They're the kind of people that that don't take you for how you look or anything like no, that. No, yeah, I mean, they're they're so open hearted and they always have been. Yeah, totally. They're not judgmental, and they and they they give you they get to know you before they judge you. Uh, if anything, like they're just awesome people. Well, your following still grows today. Um, hearing about Groms, like, I don't know if you, you've heard of this kid, but there's a kid out in Arizona by the name of Hudson Haney, um, and he, the kid idolizes you. Um, you know, he, he's developing a style uh, based on your riding, and he's seven years old, and the kid's already hitting double-ups <laughs> and, and booting. Uh, hearing stories like that, and there's there's multiple other people, you know, when I go around, and like, who's your favorite rider? When I met this kid at five years old, who's your favorite rider? He's like Randall Harris, <laughs> and now here he is seven years old, and the kid, he doesn't need to be riding as long of a line as he is. He doesn't need to be <laughs> riding as big of a wake as he is, but his idol, Randall yeah. Harris, that's how he rode, and now he's doing the same exact thing, and this kid's putting his body on the line. There's dozens, if not more, 
kids and people around the uh, hundreds, I'm sure, around the country and around the world who are still. You know, I just read a uh, uh, Ryan Shimabukuru. Yeah. I just read a post, and Ryan, I hope you're listening, bro, and I hope you're getting better. You know, he just dealt with some heart stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and he said, I was just out the other day riding 27 miles an hour, you know, 92 feet, hearing these stories about people like that, uh, uh, hearing stories like that. How does that make you feel? I mean, that's that's definitely one of the most ultimately rewarding things that can happen in an athlete's life, you know, as you, you get towards the end of, like, your career or whatever, to see, you know, young kids, like, I'm 38, and to see uh, Haney Hudson at, like, what is he now, eight? Yeah, seven or eight. Seven or eight, you know, to, like, just, like, really respect what I did and, and want to emulate that to a certain extent or, you know, build upon it because right now he's already getting – that fool's blasting huge old double-ups, dude. He's sick with it. I'm really excited to see – you know, as he grows and and what he does with the sport. And, and, yeah, I mean, it's just a beautiful thing. That's really being able to experience some of the fruits of your labor like that is, is very rewarding. You know, obviously throughout your career you've, you've been open, you've been honest, you've been vulnerable at times, larger than life. You've been humbled. You've humbled others. Uh, no matter what, <laughs> your, your fan base sticks behind you through thick and thin. Um, whether you're riding or whether you're not riding, whether you're taking a break. Um, but anytime you, you, you step back into the light, your fans seem to be there. Um, what does your fan base mean to you? It means everything. You know, I got I, – because, you know, just for me, like, I'm, I'm the type of person that doesn't feel worthy for anything. That's just, like, one of my battles, you know? And so, like, to see these people really follow my uh, my writing and my career and to support me and buy boards whenever I got boards out and just guys I've known for 20 years, you know, are still, like, following following me. And it's it's just unbelievable, you know? I don't feel like I deserve it, really, you know? and they mean everything to me well you do you do deserve it bro you put your body on the line and 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 everything you've put on the line over the years and, and i think that's what that's what um keeps the people so intrigued and keeps your following you know so, uh, so eager to find out what you're up to next but we're here tonight we're at active water sports i mean it's been a year since anybody's heard from you for the most part as far as like the wake scene goes yeah. what brings you back how did you decide to come out here um I actually talked to Dan from Active uh, at um, Expo last year, and we talked about doing an interview. Um, but then I ended up having to pass on the interview because I kind of wanted to save some stuff for a documentary project I'm hopefully going to be making happen with Ron Seidenglantz. But, uh, I mean, he's always, you know, just kind of had my back. And my boy Bobby Starkey lives up here, and he's friends with these guys, and he's in constant contact. And, and they've just been kind of trying to find something to uh, bring me up here and and just hang out with them. So, I mean, this is uh, – everybody's cool here, so. Well, it's great to see you back, brother. I want to I wanna find out. So you've seen so many changes over the years in, in Wake, and I'm guessing, like, right now you're probably not fully – keeping up with what's going on but yeah. in, in your overall vision as the as the years go on like where would you like to see the sport go i mean the sport's going man i mean all the videos i'm watching like tyler heim and just 
what I'm really most impressed about is what I'm seeing in the contest, to be honest, like the pro tour, you know, like it was never something I could really watch without flinching. Like, Oh my God, this is, you know, but like now these guys are doing such crazy intense tricks and with style and it looks dope. And it's like, all right, man, sick. Like it's finally got nowhere. It's kind of always looked in my head. Like, <laughs> You know, it's it's really, it's cool to see the sport grow to to where it's at now. Absolutely. Well, hey, let's let's go to a couple of like quick shot questions for you, real fast here. And if you have an answer, shoot it out. And if not, whatever. Um, favorite non-Randall video part that you think could still hold up today? Uh, favorite non-Randall video part. It's gonna make me sound really like self-centered but man i mean it would have to be like byerly and gator and nelson and gravity sucks yeah i mean i don't watch a lot of wakeboard movies <laughs> i like i make one and i see it one time and that's it that's you know? right well I don't, I, dude, I, I, there's something about those old school videos that it's always i love watching like all the the, the clips that keep popping back up yeah. on, on facebook and everything it just to me it doesn't get because that's the that's when it was magical to me, you know. So if you people are taking anything from this, it's go and watch Gravity Sucks. If you I'm can telling you, it. go watch Gravity Sucks and watch Spray. Those two movies were the best, you know. Yeah. They still hold up, bro. So hard. I mean, Mike Weddington, Kobe, and Hit It, and man, Igor, just just all those dudes. Just anything they did is is what I love to watch. Schmaltz. Again, in, in in looking back over the years, if you could put together a, a boat crew, any boat crew, you know, who would that be? Well, we're gonna need a big boat, and it would be uh, it would be Byerly, it would be Gator, it'd be Nelson, it'd be Josh Smith, Eric Schmaltz, uh, Josh Twalker, um, Tyler Heim, and Trevor Maurer. Yeah, Josh, Trevor, and Tyler Heim are are my three favorite riders right now. Uh, and I'd have to throw Ben Greenwood in the mix, too, and Rusty Malinowski, to be honest. I mean, that would be like, you know, the squad right there. Those are all my favorite riders. And, of course, my little homie Bobby Starkey. I have to get up in there, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, best spot to ride in all the years, the spot that sticks out the most to you, the spot that if, if someone was like, hey, Randall, we're going on a trip, and everybody's going to be there. Like, this is anything you want. What's the spot? Hmm. Mexico, somewhere deep in Mexico, man. Uh, that, I mean, honestly, I still love riding in Canyon Lake backwater, and I still love riding Lake Elsinore. It's my favorite spots right Something there. Something about the roots, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just my home. So you're in your own neighborhood, and it's just your spot, and it feels great. And I think they're beautiful places, so. What are uh, your current top three tracks that you're listening to get you motivated? Pound those nails. Let me think about that. Top three. Oh, man. You know, there's just a lot of a lot of future tracks, actually. That nothing new, but f future tracks that I uh, listen to get me really pumped up. Hey, should uh, Ricky G get inducted to the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. 
you catch up with him at all these days? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. We chop it up. Yeah, he's still a good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, and the final question here is, will we see you behind the boat anytime soon? You know, I'm really uh, hoping and praying because I have some goals now uh, in the wake industry that I would like to accomplish. Um, first things first, and I need to get a boat to start making that happen. But, yeah, I want to start riding again. I want to start uh, – I'd really like to start doing a school in Southern California where I live. And uh, hopefully me and Ron will get this documentary cracking. Well, dude, if if you need someone to ride with, I'm sure I know plenty of people <laughs> out here on the West Coast who are definitely keen to uh, to meet up with you and 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 facilitate whatever it is that that you want. Um, we're we're coming close to the end of this year, um, and we're gonna go you know hang out with everybody. Uh, before I before we do cap this off, I want to say thank you to a couple of people here: uh, Kenneth J. Jemble the second and Kyle Walker. So this guy, Kenneth, reaches out to me um, about a month ago on Facebook and is just like, hey, I'm a huge fan of your podcast and appreciate it, Dano. Thank you for everything. And he says, by the way, uh, do you ever plan to have Randall on for a full episode? Um, and, I, and I said, hey, you know, keep it between us, but this is kind of, I knew this was in the works. Yeah. Um, and I said, hey, if you have any questions that you want specific, shoot them over crazy he sent me a list of 24 questions that him and kyle put together for you and i've intertwined him with um the stuff that that i had prepared but what i thought was really cool was this message that i got from him yesterday he said hey are you, is it happening with randall and i said keep it between us because um it's not out to the public yet but yeah we're ha we're happening and so he writes this message that says tell the vandal thanks for all the inspiration I'm finishing my Ph.D. in engineering in the next month, and Randall was my inspiration for me often on the water. His level of excellence and ferocity inspired me in my professional field and to confirm, push myself to always learn and be better. There are many parallels that can be made from wakeboarding to manufacturing industry. Regardless of his struggles, he's touched and influenced people in many ways. Good luck to the interview. That's what this guy writes, bro. It's giving me chills right wow. now. But hearing a message like that, dude, I've and over the years, I've been doing this podcast five years. I've had dozens of messages talking about you like that. But hearing that one right there, what does what does that feel like? Man, it's just like it makes me a little emotional. You know, I'm not gonna lie, I'm I'm kind of an emotional dude in my old age. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, just nothing better than that, you know? Nothing better to hear that I have inspired people's lives, you know? And that, in in turn, inspires my life, you know? And it's what makes me want to keep doing stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I'm just kind of speechless. It's so awesome to hear stuff like that. Randall, appreciate you so much, dude. This has been... This has been super rad and a long time coming. I appreciate it. To be honest with you, I know we could go a heck of a lot longer, but I, I want to leave some of the stuff because I know that um, the potential of this documentary is, is very, very special and important to you, and I want to leave some right. of that stuff. Yeah. Um, to close out, do you have um, – b before I get – I'm going to give you the chance to give some shout-outs to your sponsor or to former sponsors, sponsors or uh, social media and family and stuff, but do you have any other thoughts you want to touch on before we get there? Uh... 
No, man, I just want to say thank you so much, Dana, for the opportunity to do this. And I hope maybe, yeah, we can do a part two here uh, down the line where maybe actually some stuff, some balls start rolling, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, because I was not 100% in the mindset to do this today. It was a little bit of a shock. And like I said, you know, I've been in such a different world. So, like, you know, it'd be good to take another crack at it, too, down the line. Well, dude, this has been awesome, and I hope you're I hope you're cool with it because I know Absolutely. that there's so many fans that have been waiting for this moment and waiting for this episode to come out. Um, uh, for me, it's exciting. You know, this is over 130 episodes for me, and to finally Badass. have you on here proper means means a lot to me. Um, awesome. Well, you know, thank I've you had, for doing it. I've, I've had pretty much you know all the big names in in wakeboarding but if, if there was a, a mount rushmore i don't necessarily know that i've had the entire mount rushmore on the show yet and you're definitely up there on that <laughs> right on um, man before we completely finish this thing out you've had a lot of people along the way so i'm going to give you the chance to do those shout outs and and again um shout out sponsors your so social media whatever yeah um you know i don't have any sponsors right now and uh I just I just want to give a shout out to my daughter Harmony. She's uh 8 months old right now and pretty much my entire world revolves around her and everything I do is is for her and and that's the most important thing to me in my life right now. But yeah, I mean thanks to my parents, to my friends and and everybody that's helped me along the way and shout out to Active Water Sports for having me come through and do this and Dan the Mano for having me do this. Um, it's a privilege and an honor. I appreciate it. You doing the social media thing these days? Um, no, no, not yet. I'm, uh, I've been off for about three years, but but hopefully uh, we can figure out how to get a boat and get some funding for a documentary, and then uh, I'll get back on cracking with it. Anyway, you know? If anybody wants to reach out to you, send you a note or anything, is there any way of doing that or? Send me, yeah, I still have an Instagram account, so anybody can still hit me up on it. I just don't post anything. Gotcha. But, yeah, it's still there, and, and hopefully I'll start uh, firing some content out on it eventually. Well, we're looking forward to it, Randall. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you so much, guys. Y'all hang tight because we're going to be back with just a little bit more. Thanks so much to the crew here at Active Water Sports, the 33rd year in a row, evening with the stars, and the stars are all in the house. I'm Dan Lomano. That's right. He's Randall the Vandal Harris. Yes, sir. For the Golden Mike Podcast. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Peace. West side in your mouth. CDEC is the industry leader in innovative flooring solutions, supplying the best boat builders in the world with comfortable, durable, non-skid flooring systems. Head on over to cdeck.com and use the search function to find the nearest fabricator installer to you. They have hundreds of boats, maybe thousands by now, already digitized with their patterns on file. And if they don't have your exact boat in their system, a certified installer will come to your house or boat storage, digitize your boat, and create a custom flooring job to your exact specifications. It's time to give your boat what it deserves and your boat deserves SEDAC. Over 30 years ago, Roswell Marine started in a garage out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And today it has grown into one of the most recognizable brands on the water worldwide. Most recently, Roswell released their 2019 IBEX Innovation Award winning set of R1 Pro Tower speakers. You have to give these puppies a listen. I'm talking aesthetically 
and ear-statically. That's a word, right? They're like nothing I've ever experienced before. My one wish is that everyone can have a chance to be on a boat while these speakers are bumping Jimmy Buffett or the latest chart topper at least one time in their lives. Just once, my friends. Check out their 30 plus dealers around the US and Canada. You'll know what I'm talking about, baby. Be sure to use the dealer search function on their website, roswellmarine.com, to find the one closest to you. That website again is, let me spell it out, www.roswellmarine.com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano. All right, people, I hope that interview was worth the wait because it was really years in the making. I was a little nervous. I do want to thank Randall for taking all the time to talk with us and for being so open and candid. I know talking about the past isn't always the easiest thing, but he gave us some great stories and some really great advice. And that's one of the best Christmas gifts all of you could ask for. I'd love to see Randall back on the water right now, but I also wish him well with everything he's doing in his life currently. As for what I'm doing currently, well, I got done co-hosting the Wake Awards in Orlando with my good friends Garrett Cortez and, of course, Eric Ruck on the music. So much fun. Really happy with how it all turned out. Uh, I thought we had some awesome chemistry together. You guys can watch the whole video on Wakeboarding Magazine's website, their Facebook page, pretty much anywhere on social media that uh, Wakeboarding Mag is available. Of course, you guys remember Wake Awards were canceled back in September 2019 along with Surf Expo because of Hurricane Dorian, so we did record that. Go check it out for yourself. After Wake Awards, I flew out to Denver, Colorado and got to MC the Action Water Sports Denver Locations Dealer Party Customer Appreciation with Nick Stiller, Robbie Brown, and the rest of the team over there at Action, which was so much fun. From there, I flew out to Las Vegas, Nevada with my lovely girlfriend, Jane, and I'm happy to report that we were able to win $500 plus, and we knew when to walk away, at least for the short term anyways. Now I'm back in Chicago to close out the year and celebrate the holidays with my family. Hope you guys get to do the same with yours. So everyone listening, I want to wish you a happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, and a Happy New Year. And before I forget, I will be at the Centurion Boats booth at the Chicago Boat Show on January 8th through the 12th promoting Twin Lakes Corn Fest 2020 will also be making an appearance at the Milwaukee Boat Show the following weekend. We've already begun promoting for the 2020 TL Corn Fest, so buckle up everyone because it's going to be the biggest one yet. If you want to apply to compete in the event, go to tlcornfest.com. Thank you all for listening and an enormous thank you to the sponsors of this podcast for their continued support, keeping this thing going nearly seven years. Thanks to SeaDeck Marine Products, WSIA, Roswell Marine, Active Water Sports, Masterline, Boulder Boats, Centurion Boats, O'Brien, Ledwake, Slingshot, Conley, Ronix, Hyperlight, and GoPuck. A big thank you behind the scenes to Jane Levy in the office, Arthur Shabashevich on copy, and Rich Walsh on the sound. Randall the Vandal, 
Thank you so much, my friend, you legend. That's it. That's all for me, folks. Just a reminder, you can follow me on Facebook at the Golden Mike Podcast and on Instagram at Dano T. Mano. You can message me there or at goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening one more time, and Happy New Year. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, and you can hear me once again right here next time on the Golden Mike Podcast.